All right. Welcome to I Don't Get the Bible podcast. We're here to answer some questions that you all submitted. Yay. Remember, if you have any questions as you're watching the podcast or listening, you can go to I don't get the Bible.com and submit them anonymously, whatever. Try to keep them on topic with what we're discussing, which is the book of Matthew right now. Okay, so let's read some. All right, I'm wearing my glasses so that no one can see my shifty eyes when I don't know <laughs> the answer. Um, they're, all of them were anonymous except for one, which is from our friend Grady. So let's start with Grady's question. Um, he says the chapter that it's in relation to is Matthew 3.3 3 and Isaiah 43. The question is, is it of any relevance to Matthew 3 3? Is it of any relevance that Matthew 3 3 actually misquotes Isaiah 43? The Hebrew. Hebrews. <laughs> the Hebrew, as reflected in many modern translations, shows that that quote in Isaiah actually says, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, instead of the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare prepare the way of the Lord. Also, why was John preaching in the wilderness versus the center of Jerusalem? This is a great question. Grady knows the Bible better than I do. He's very, very sharp. And my response is in part because Grady and I talk a lot. Okay. And I know from him what he sees from this. But what it is, is um, where would somebody who thinks that they are a uh, prophet go today would they go out into the middle of the desert or would they go into new york city or san francisco or la hmm. they go to a metropolis mm -hmm. well isaiah prophesied that he would be in the desert he'd be in the wilderness hmm. and we see people flock to him hmm. and so that was a way to show that that he was going to be doing things differently and yet still he would have popularity yeah. so he goes out to the wilderness and the jews are coming from jerusalem in their robes and their stuff to find out what's going on yeah. that was very distinctive of john's call yeah. and in terms of the translating the old testament in the apostolic record differently mm -hmm. um it happens all the time yeah. and um and Bart Ehrman, who is a New Testament scholar and critic of Christianity, mm -hmm. he makes note of the times that it happens. Mm -hmm. And he'll say, Paul will borrow, or Jesus will borrow, or whoever, from an Old Testament passage, and that passage has nothing to do with why the Old Testament prophets said it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's a criticism. Mm -hmm. And I would say that they have the right to do whatever they wanted to do. I don't, I mean, it's like, um, you borrowing from Mormonism saying something and you use it in the context of Christianity mm. and someone says that's from Mormonism and you're like well truth is truth or if you quote a passage and you don't quote it perfectly mm. sometimes the words get switched around between the two uh, testaments mm -hmm. and it's like Paul had great liberty to use the Old Testament the way he wanted to make a point and say he would that's all, all we can say about it. So that's my answer to Grady. Okay. I don't really have a follow-up for that. All right, then. We don't I need can... one. <laughs> I might not have many for this first as we get into the swing. 
we'll see. Okay, so this is an anonymous question. In chapter 9, how did Yeshua have the authority to forgive sin before he had paid the price for sin? Yeshua, hear me clearly. Yeshua was God with us. He was God, okay? But his flesh hadn't overcome sin and death and hell and Satan yet. Still, the Holy Spirit created him with Mary. And he was the word of God, the logos of God made flesh. So he could say, your sins are forgiven. And that was God in him speaking. And he, there is no contradiction with that. That's how I would say. If you have questions to what I say too, respond. Well, I'm, try I'm kind of trying to like take the position of the mm -hmm. questioner. Um, so what does him... Uh, given this question what does him paying the price for sin give him the authority in then it gives him the f to to become the first human being to be deified okay yeah so his so, human side became god okay yeah so he god in him had the authority to, to yes. forgive the sin before he pays the price then human Jesus can also yeah. pay the price. So the God in him and his flesh, Jesus could now do everything. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. But, and that gets lost with people. They, so when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, the Jews are probably saying, you're a man from Nazareth. How can you say that? Yeah. They didn't realize his identity. Okay. All right. I don't really, should I blame them for not realizing his identity? No. No, like, it, it got, it, it, scripture even says that God put a blindness on their eyes. Yeah. So they would reject him. Why? So that the, the gospel would go out to the world. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of the same, like we were talking about this in previous episodes, that like a determined nature of someone's mm -hmm. ability to hear. Mm -hmm. Is that still happening though? I think Probably so. Not. You do think so? Yeah, to a certain extent. I think God uses some people for some things and other people for other things. And I don't know about determinism in terms no. of salvation, yeah. but in terms of how he uses us, I think for sure. Yeah, and like their, uh, just their functionality in the body yeah. today, basically, yeah. how much they actually understand him. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And even outside of it, because the whole world has been reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. I think God knows Jeff Bezos. Yeah. I think he knows the people who are curing cancer. I think all of it is part of his plan. And, I and don't like think... takes that, of course, takes that into account. Of course. With their... Lovingly. Yeah. And kindly as a father to a child. Because he like orchestrated it to some degree. I think he uh, let everything fall into the places that yeah. they were. Like he allowed it. Allowed it, yeah. Didn't cause it. Allowed it. And takes it into consideration yeah. later because he allowed it. Always takes everything into consideration. Always. Is that said? Is that like written that he does that? No, is but it... what's written is that he's uh, just. Okay. And so if he's just, then he would have to take the fact that uh, son of Sam uh, had the psychological defect of thinking dogs were talking to him. Mm. He's going to take all this into effect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you just got a call. Okay. <laughs> they can wait. Oh, okay. Next question. For people who may face challenges when sharing the Bible with others, are there any good questions 
a person can ask. Is it easy to suggest reading the Bible to them? Is a ministry a better form of presentation? Mm. I don't really, there are certain parts of the question I don't fully understand, but do you? I would not recommend that you take somebody who's not a believer and tell them to read the Bible. Mm. The Bible says you have to have spiritual eyes to understand it. And if you're reading it, it will not make any sense to you, especially if it's a certain version that's tough, like the King James. And they'll put it down after a few chapters. Mm. The Bible is for believers. So, but what I would do is take time individually with that person to go through what Delaney and I are doing, just answer mm. questions and, and teach what it's about so that they might someday believe and then take a Bible and start reading it. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, I know you might, you still might question like what I even believe right now, but I, I'm, I'm coming at this with spiritual eyes. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to question it with like my intellect, like you're supposed to, but also like, I'm praying about it and like trying to like communicate. You're doing with all God. you need to do. Yeah. I, it doesn't seem like this is like the endeavor for me if I was like not in the place to want to learn. No, God. it would be like sitting with your sister before she became a Christian. It would just be antagonistic yeah. and, and, you know, a joke. Mm -hmm. So I can tell by your questions. You're like Nicodemus, mm -hmm. one of the Jewish leaders who comes to Jesus by night. You mm -hmm. have questions you're asking. That's part of belief mm. question. Okay. Um, so two more questions. Both start with what's the deal with? <laughs> so first, what's the deal with? <laughs> what's the deal with? <laughs> what's the deal with Revelation 20? This one's maybe a little off topic, oh, but what's the deal with Revelation 20? <laughs> Four through six that talks about saints reigning with Christ for a thousand years. Is that pertaining to something on earth or after this life? It's pertaining to something that's happened a long time ago, a long time ago. It, the whole book of Revelation is done. Mm -hmm. How do we know that? It opens up with Jesus telling John, everything's going to happen shortly. And it ends with Jesus saying, it's all going to happen shortly between the two bookends Everything has happened. Now, a thousand years, the Killianism, listen to this. A thousand does not literally mean a thousand to a Jew. It's a representative number. So when a literalist reads that, they think we're talking about one full thousand years. That has never been the case for a Jew. To a Jew, if I said, hey, I've got a thousand keys right here. There's not a thousand keys here. There's all the keys are here. That's what a thousand represents. All right. And in terms of the saints reigning with Christ, that was talking about a different time when the church was a bride, etc., etc. But the question is almost impossible to answer in a show like this. But we do have 22 chapter books and a book of revelation on revelation. And if you really want to understand that book, you go on cult.love and check it out. Nice. Um, one thing that they noted, are there, there's a way to, I asked different things when they're submitting the question. Are there any verses we should take note of when considering your question? And they put, is Luke 14, 15 through 24 questionably related? Do you know why they would put that? Do you have Luke 14? Let's look at it. 
people. One minute, peeps. Luke 14. And then... What is it? 15 through 24. 15. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him... Is this right? Right. He said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. At the time for the banquet, he said... He sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And then another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master, then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out and quickly to the street sorry, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have what you commanded has been done, and there is room. Still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled, for I tell you none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Okay, so what that parable is talking about, and it is related to uh, the whole revelation, is this. Jesus says, God wanted to have a marriage for his son, Jesus. So Jesus is collecting his bride. And God sent his servants out to his own, the Jews. And he said, come to the wedding that you've been invited to. And one said, I got my oxen. One said, I got a new wife. One, I got this. And they said, no, we're not coming. God got angry. So he says, okay, you go out into the highways and byways and you bring in everybody, good fish and bad. And you bring them into the kingdom and you, you bring them into this wedding, right? And those who were first invited, the Jews, are, in Matthew, he says, are going to be destroyed. That's the, what the whole thing is about. So Revelation is talking about what that destruction was going to look like mm. with the wrapping up of the Old Testament age and all of this stuff being fulfilled. So it does have a relationship. Okay. Okay. Um, next question. What is the deal with the shrewd manager parable? <laughs> Dude, you're asking the tough ones. <laughs> I don't know who Poor this is. Chick. It's anonymous. Um, Jesus speaks about Luke 16, 1 through 15. What is also the deal <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the parable of the talents Jesus speaks about in Matthew 25, 14 through 30? Okay, know that he's told these parables to his disciples, his apostles specifically. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing is the parable of the shrewd servant. If I'm getting this right, because I haven't read it. Shrewd manager. Shrewd manager. Do you what want happens? me to read it? Yeah, no, no, I get it. I think I get it. Luke 16. What do you want me to say? Or what do you want me to do? I want you to sit and listen to me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were... I need an what audience. What happens? I thought, I thought you were asking me a question. So what happens? <laughs> There's a guy, he works as the financial advisor for a, a, a businessman. And he learns that the businessman is going to fire him. Hmm. So he goes and he contacts everybody who owes the businessman money. He says, how much do you owe him? And the guy says, I owe him a hundred. 
and the shrewd manager says, pay 50. Mm. So he, he does this on behalf of the man in preparation for him being fired so that he has friends. Mm. And Jesus commends him for this trait. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, I thought it was all, you know. And he says, he's smart. He acted wisely. He acted smartly. Huh. And it's just to teach the principle, you know, we, this world <laughs> is this world. Be smart, be wise. And he uses that parable. So it's huh. radical. That is radical. Yeah. Isn't what, there a movie that has the same? Probably. Sorry. Oh, and what's the other? What's the other? What's, what's also the deal? the deal with the parable of the talents Jesus speaks about in Matthew 25, 14 through 30? He's talking about, look at, a talent was, was money. It's not about multiplying your money. You know, those of you who follow that money manager guy, today is a Christian, he makes his living off talking about money being all important. Jesus uses money as the example. He says, a, 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 why, a man who had money gave this person 10 mm. pieces of silver, talents, mm. this one five and this one one. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'll come back and collect it later. Mm. The one who had 10 went out and he multiplied it and he doubled it. Mm. And the one who had five went out and multiplied it and he doubled his. Mm. But the one who was given one was afraid he would lose it. So he buried it in the ground. And when the master came back, he, count, he called them into an accounting. And he said to the one, what did you do? He said, I doubled your money. He said, that's what I want. Thank you. And he says, yeah, what'd you double it? The, the, what'd you do that? He says, I was afraid of you. Mm. I didn't want to lose this. And, and the one who does it gets really mad and punishes him. Mm. And so the point is to his apostles, don't be afraid. Go out and try mm. and do what you can do because that's what the master expects. Mm. It's not whether you get actually do the double of 10 or five but it's that you try mm -hmm. this guy didn't he buried his talent mm -hmm. that's what it's all about and that's is that actually about talents no and that's another it's a talent is a piece of money in that day yeah so it could be called the parable of the coins but it's applicable to just anything in life now yeah, anything yeah. okay all right god has given you this when you die, he's gonna say, what did you do with what I gave you? Mm -hmm. That's why I am so big on people being what they are, mm -hmm. being how they're made, and then you don't have to be what everyone else is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's good for questions this week. Submit them at idontgetthebible.com and Submit we'll answer them next week. All right, bye. Thanks everyone, bye.